Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you for being with me today. Oh, wishing everyone um, really deep heart love, really deep soul love, really deep um, rich medicine. Um, it's been very intense this month. I mean, when is it not intense? We're literally getting rewired in one of the most profound ways in our planet's history, but uh, yeah, it's been very intense, this moon in Aries. Not everyone felt it as intensely as some did. Um, If you are still feeling that moon, I I am, like um, definitely in my body. Uh, It's very helpful to remember our connection to the moon really stretches way beyond the peak. So if there was a really particularly intense full moon for you, depending on where it was in your chart and what it uh, was hitting for you and inviting you into, uh, that really resonates with us. We're made of water. The moon's tides literally move or the moon's pull literally pulls, moves water. So if you're still kind of feeling shit right now, we're also in the death card this week. I think we're moving into something else in a couple of days. Just to be really gentle with yourself. Very, very gentle. Um, And I am sending you like really big, sweet, gentle love right now. Uh, A very powerful time, both to be awake with our eyes open and deeply nurturing to our ourselves and each other so definitely sending some love and um continuing to remind you to trust the sacred timing of how things unfold when they unfold uh really bowing to everyone in that process right now um i am keeping my intro hella short today because and not like uh lindsey mack short like actual actually short (laughs) because i have a super I have an unbelievably full, rich, gorgeous, like 14 course meal in the form of an interview to share with you today. I had the extreme privilege and extreme pleasure of sitting down to interview the creators of the Fountain Tarot deck, which I have been an enormous fan of for quite some time. I know so many students that I've worked with this deck has completely changed their practice, changed their lives. Um, I, I, I cannot, I could not be a bigger fan of them, I thought, until I interviewed them. And now I'm an even bigger fan because they're all incredible. Um, yeah, I spoke, who you're going to listen to on this interview, Jonathan, Jonathan Says, who created the paintings, Jason Gruel, who wrote the guidebook and Andy Chadero who did the gorgeous graphic design. And, but even that you'll hear this in the interview is very limiting. Um, the three of them literally worked together on every single aspect of this deck channeled it, heard a call to create it said yes. Um, and really every single aspect from guidebook to graphic design to paintings were all a deep, woven collaborative effort um the three of them are so um beautifully communicative about that process so generous with one another it's just gorgeous and 
um, really wanted to share that when I stopped the recording and just debriefed with them for a moment, Jonathan really shared how important it was that the message of their interview really be delivered in the spirit that, and this is my own words really relaying what he shared with me, that anyone, anyone who is hoping, seeking, looking to bring their own project, their own piece of creation to life, to literally use this interview as a jumping off point and a sacred sign to do it that if they can do it, you can do it, and really um, spoke so beautifully about how much that matters to them as creatives and as people, and uh, I'm sorry that I didn't record it. <laughs> um, it's my my bad, my boner on that one, but um, I'm definitely going to have them on, a, on the podcast again just to talk about that, because um, I, I can see we, we spoke for 90 minutes, and how could we not? There are three people. I feel like we could have gone another 90 minutes, but um, I wanted to really share that before I um, played the interview because it was so deeply um, high frequency, so lovely, so humble. Um, and I do want to echo his message that if there is anyone really looking to for that, um, you know, that, again, that sacred sign, let this be really something that washes over your spirit and helps you to know that it's possible for you. Uh, it was so inspiring to talk to them. And again, they'll be back probably in December to talk more about maybe that creative process. Um, I also want to share with everyone that this is a super special day for the Fountain Tarot creators because the deck is getting um, newly, freshly released with Roost Publishing. Um, sort of, they've shifted from self-publishing to having this deck be reissued under a, this beautiful publishing company and they get into that too in the interview. So if you um, love this deck, you're curious about this deck, this is... I cannot recommend it more highly and uh, felt that way even before I did this interview. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's an extraordinarily special day for them. De new, new reissue is out today. You can get that uh, at the links in the liner notes. And yeah, I kept it to seven minutes. That's a pretty good lens short. <laughs> it's pretty short for me. Um, yeah, I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to transition right into this interview because it's so good and I just want everyone to be able to bask in the loveliness of it. So without further ado, uh, I will leave you with my conversation with the Fountain Tarot Deck creators, Jonathan, Jason, and Andy. I hope you love it. And I will see you next week for a solo episode. And until then, be well. Bye-bye. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I am Lindsay Mack. Wow. The treat that I have in front of me, not in front of me, away from me, this, this crew is coming at us live from Colorado, right? 
You're in Boulder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have with me today three people who kind of don't need an introduction, but I'm going to give them one anyway. Um, I have with me today Jonathan Size, Jason Gruel, and Andy Todaro, the creators of the incredible and the incomparable Fountain Tarot deck. Um, I am so excited to have you and so pumped to talk to all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Just to uh, paint a little picture for anyone who is like, what is the Fountain Tarot? The Fountain Tarot, in my personal opinion, is one of the great, um, really one of the great uh, works of art um, created in terms of a tarot deck in the last couple of decades. Um, I know everyone that I know who's worked with this deck, who's I've worked with this deck, uh, it's extraordinary, very exceptional, very unique, comes from a deep place of um, a deep place of alignment and intelligence and personal responsibility and um, extreme accessibility. It's just beautiful. And these three amazing human beings collaborated together, um, really birthed this together. Jonathan painted the cards, Andy designed the packaging and uh, all of the um really created the visual tapestry for this to be birthed through. And Jason uh, wrote the guidebook and all three of them come from completely different walks of life. Jason is um, a counselor and right. You're a psychologist or do you consider yourself a counselor, Jason? I actually, I have a, I'm an educator and I have a counseling background, but I write full time. Perfect. Apologies. But it's a deep part of your, I know it's a deep part of your education and what you've done with the Joshua School in Denver. Um, Jonathan is this incredible. So yeah, just this beautiful example of sacred collaboration and the result is pretty unbelievable. So Anyway, if that's not sappy enough, <laughs> I'm very. Oh, so beautiful. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's so beautiful. And just so you know this, because I'm, I'm sure you hear this all the time. I can't tell you, as a teacher of tarot, what your deck has done for the people that I've worked with. Like literally, I've watched them completely be opened, cracked open. As a person who, you know has moved through a lot of trauma, who tries to create a trauma-sensitive tarot practice and teaching practice. Uh, Your guidebook is so well-informed, so educated, so deeply sensitive um, in so many respects. It's just beautiful. Um, The whole thing is gorgeous. Visually a feast for the eyes. So (laughs) it's just beautiful and it's great to have you. summed it all up. No need for an interview now. (laughs) I know. Bye. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with my first question, and um, yeah, I'm just gonna start with my first question, which is, how do you all know one another? Whoa! So uh, Jonathan, me, I would say I'm uh, somewhere in the middle, and that I met Andy 13, 14 years ago, wow, uh, randomly, and we became creative friends, and then I met Jason five years ago. And introduced Jason and Andy together, and now mm. Jason and I are married, and we basically are married to Andy too, because we have <laughs> this, this company and we live next to each other uh, in the same building. Aww. So yeah, so we, uh, I started the the connection. 
I love that. That's beautiful. Um, so what? There's a good story in there that you totally missed. What? Tell me. No, well, it was, it was, I was in college Uh and, um, I went to a party in Denver from Boulder and Mm -hmm. ended up at this place where I felt very uncomfortable. It was this like cocktail or whatever at this person's house. And I ended up sitting on the, on the porch in the back and it was a masquerade. And there's all these people walking around in masks and I was feeling like, I don't know anybody here. Why am I here? Yeah. Why am I here? And Jonathan was there like trying to give this mask. He was hitting on some guy. He like straight up rejected him in front of me. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, there's like, you don't even want that person because that mask mm. is so beautiful. Like, yeah, she had that mask in her in her house for like a decade. Yeah, for like a decade. I finally got rid of it because I was like, obviously, our relationship is more than this now. But I mean, I don't like to tell that story about me getting rejected. It. No, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that there's this deep through line of just instant appreciation of the visual of what you were trying to present to this other buffoon. So creative and so beautiful. And Aww. I was like, I want that. Yeah. yeah. I want to know you. Which is Jonathan's <laughs> trademark in anything. You can yeah. be sitting around with, you know, a tuba chapstick and a twist tie and a bag. And all of a sudden there's <laughs> this. art. Yeah. So he's created something where like the whole world's coming to look at it. It's beautiful. Aww, yeah. That's lovely. So <laughs> lovely. And then Andy and Jonathan, I feel like you shared this. Like, how did you connect? Because both of you are visual artists. Like, how did that connection get formed? I know you met. Um, did you meet? It was so long ago. We were, like, such babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we tentatively worked on a a painting together for... We, we had a weird crisscrossing of creative energy that finally landed with this project. So mm-hmm. there wasn't actually that much overlap other than playing around making jewelry or... Ram- you would just dress me up and, like... Yeah, she's my Barbie. I'm kind of his Barbie. So <laughs> this is like the only person I allow to do this. Yeah, it's, it's mildly offensive, but she she allows me to. Because <laughs> he would just like show up with a like a basket of fabric and yeah, like rugs and <laughs> Christmas ornaments and like make couture out of it. Aww. Actually, wait, just to go back, maybe we did do a lot of photo shoots yeah we did photo shoots yeah with uh it was always playful it was just young creatives like trying to each individually find our voice and i maybe was still attempting to do something conservative with my life in like a formal professional way and mm-hmm. go into advertising and he was like i'm an artist and i was like okay i'm gonna hang out with you a lot more often <laughs> because that's my only outlet for this right now Oh, that's beautiful. And Andy, I have a question for you because I noticed um, and loved seeing it that um, you um, own the you own the idea and the fact that you are an intuitive and a reader. And I'm curious, um, I'm sure Jonathan and Jason, you have your own things to say about this, but um, wanted to connect with you to ask you before I open this up to the group, had you been a reader of tarot connected with your gifts as an intuitive before you embarked on this process? Uh, yeah, but, uh, in a way less formal way. Um, I mean, now I actually worry about questions like that because I always feel like 
how much of uh, what we've created hinders on at all that we have that much of an understanding of tarot specifically, which we do. But like, I have a hard time giving other people readings. Sometimes I am in the mood to do it, obviously. Um, but it's mostly for me. Yeah. And in terms of the uh, like intuition part of things, I do think that that is that's not so formal and it's um, private. And uh, so I always get nervous. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be the one that you find out is not as intuitive active, as you thought you did. As <laughs> about this process is like maybe some people are they're very very like die hard about it um that's cool that's cool I'm mostly an oneironaut I'm a dream dream seer and uh an empath so I like can feel whole groups of people and like mm-hmm. what they're going through and um so yeah kind of shut myself away mm-hmm. a lot of the time to process uh and yeah, lots of future visions, but they're mostly through dreaming. So less tool based. Yeah, less tool based and more just I get hit over the head every once in a while <laughs> with them. That's um, cool. And uh, but tarot is important because I do think it's the bridge mm. when you do a reading with someone else is like, I mean, gosh, a little like sex. It's a little like totally. you have to super to intimate. Very, very intimate space and that you have to trust them that you're like not manipulating anything and that you then come out the other side with this such a deeper and more nuanced understanding of one another having gone through that process Mm. and it just does it rips people open and I'm and I'm for that I'm uh very respectful of it and I don't take it super lightly and I think that's yeah it is funny we've been asked we've been hired to give tarot readings as a group now and we always feel a little awkward like we're not we're not professional tarot readers but there's no such thing as professional anything absolutely and so we 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 Mm -hmm. yeah we flow into that experience and we use and in fact i think the i think that was part of what made making the fountain so uh fresh on some level because we we all love and have loved the tarot for a long time and none of us were sort of really great at it. <laughs> um, and, and so that let us sort of go into creating our own deck with a sense of sort of our own humanity and a sense of who we were as people and looking, I think we all sort of are people that feel feel the great pains of the world and we yeah. feel the great joys of the world in, in deep, deep ways. Yeah. And so being able to create a tool that brought it down to the moment, that brought it down mm-hmm. to like digestible actions you could take and or think about or new views um, out of something that was so grand and so big, but not being these professionals sort of let us, you know, throw the net wide and be like, let's mm-hmm. let's try this. So I want I would like a deck that looked like this. I think all of us said, I want a deck that I would love to live with the rest of my life and that I could mm-hmm. see my friends and myself in and I could hear my own voice in. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was what guided a lot of our decisions yeah. as we went through it. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And um Andy, what about you? What was your I- what was your experience with that? With creating the deck? Yeah, like what was, um, I think actually maybe, so all of you, um, well actually, 
I have so many questions. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with this one. <laughs> really, that's gonna begin not as a question, but will become a question. What you just what you just shared, I think, is extremely powerful because that is the most striking thing about your guidebook is how lovingly and how persistently you invite the reader into the understanding and the there's really a very deep invitation everyone can do this everyone mm-hmm. can do this it can be easy that's yeah i remember yeah. when i read that really just being so moved very struck by that because it's so true i agree you know and um this idea of just being like just living just allowing and not having it uh not um, assigning oneself to any label like really all of that is blended into the way that this deck I think was birthed which is a testament to how all of you collaborate obviously because there's such a generosity there and such a willingness to lift um, and empower and that's uh, such a beautiful gift that's just embedded really in the deck um, and so there's that. Um, and my question is maybe perhaps a bit esoteric, but um, I'd like to ask it. Was that always yeah. a shared understanding between the three of you? Like this is a collaboration. This is a commitment to oh, yeah. um, offering this holographic tarot deck that is for everyone that is uh-huh. an empowerment to everyone, or did you discover that in the making of it? Because the way that you all committed to the making of this deck is very powerful. Like you went to Mexico with the intention to say like, we're making it. Um, right. And did the spirit of the deck in terms of it being just this very deep offering, this invitation for anyone who wanted to use it intuitive or not, was that sort of part of where you started or was that something that you discovered about your deck as you were making it? Well, you want to tell the story about how you decided that? that yeah, let me, it? let me start with that. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So, um, because it, I think the whole thing keeps growing around us and we're yeah. constantly surprised at how, how it's changed our personal lives and our professional lives and our, um, energetic lives. But, mm. uh, when maybe, a decade ago Ooh. yeah maybe yeah. maybe seven years ago Andy gave me a tarot reading mm. uh and it was one of the first one I ones I had had and she had been mentioned like maybe you should do a tarot deck and I was not ready to hear that um it was a passing comment I didn't understand really what that meant and then flash forward I met Jason and he had this tarot deck from the 70s and he would give me a, a tarot reading now and then and it mm-hmm. just sort of started popping up more and more and more and then uh, Jason and I went on a, this will get to your question too. Jason and I went on uh, a vacation and we're sitting on the hotel bed in Mexico and I was stressing out about my next art project, how much, what I wanted to to dedicate myself to. It's like, let's, let's ask the, let's do a tarot reading to see what your next project is. And I was like, well, you know, I want it to be a bunch of small paintings. I want it to be interconnected. I want it to have a lot of collaboration. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, and I really want to tell a world of a story, but I don't want to get stuck on too many like 
too much repetition. And so he starts doing a reading and he, and we both just sort of stopped and laughed. And in that same kind of moment of, Oh my God, like we didn't even finish the reading. It was obvious that we were mm-hmm. going to, now it's time to do a tarot deck. Sorry, my chair is squeaking. Um, so then the, what happened with that point is I get obsessed with something and then it's all I talk about and they both can agree that that's true. And so I call, I call Andy and then it was just sort of, and then talk to Jason about writing it and starting at that point where we all were kind of passionate but unsure yeah. has been the whole collaborative process too. So then when, as we were building it, when one of us was unsure, the, the other two would pull the other, pull them back in. Right. Um, and so the spirit of openness and kind of an egoless participation yeah. was a part of the whole thing from the beginning. And there is no source of inspiration, which is actually something we've come to learn about the origin of this story. It's not Andy's idea. It's not Jonathan's idea. It's not Jason's idea. Yeah. It's really this magic alchemy that happens when we all let go of our need to be present mm-hmm. in what we create that allows something really much bigger. I, yeah, but like a lot of people just say, like it just seems like some sort of divine intervention or something like this. Like, no, like something that divine didn't talk to me in that way. And it's like, oh, because I'm going to be like so humble about it. But yeah. I think that's actually kind of what happened. Yeah, I think that's and, exactly what happened. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like only in hindsight, because like while while it's happening, I mean, there were so many incredibly uh, challenging moments. And there's some so many beautiful moments in creating this that almost in itself was the major was like the full journey was mm. like going from the beginning of end to for on a whole thing and like in a way even like seeing its death when we when we sold it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's a rebirth, you know, like here we are again in another cycle. Uh, our our intention at the beginning, I remember both Jonathan and Jason saying this was like we think this is so important from the educate, like a educational and self help uh, aspect, like, and people becoming more in tune with themselves and spending time with themselves Mm -hmm. that Jason was like, I want every single person in the world to have our tarot deck from a very, very (laughs) sweet place. And Jonathan was like, I want this to be the most gorgeous uh, object and full of my art that like a museum who doesn't even care about tarot would want this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think always when I'm in the middle of a project, I'm a little bit more of a, like, we, let's just make it, let's just get it done. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, figure out the way to, to make it work. Yeah. So I'm, uh, like way more, I guess, materially planted person, but the hologram stuff didn't come until like seven months after we had kicks, like successfully kickstarted kick it. it. Oh, see, okay. <laughs> The co- one, one quick thing. Yeah. I think the collaboration itself, like, mirrored what we were trying to do with the deck. Mm, so, yeah. the, you know, three of us over a, a number of years, we're having to work with each other's personalities, with each other's work styles, with each other's goals and hopes for the deck and these different things. And like Jonathan said, you were constantly sort of releasing your ego around, like, yeah. having to have it your way. And yeah. you were like, I have two other people I'm working with that I love. And how do I keep letting this be the thing it needs to be? And once we had done that so many times, it sort of did take on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And I, and then it was sort of this divine thing that was like, you know what, now that we, all three of us have gotten out of the way, we can just do our work. And all, and all of a sudden it started to be 
the Fountain Tarot. And I think I think we all felt like we were in service to it yes. at some point, as Absolutely. opposed to trying to drive it into a particular yeah. way Incredible. or to look like professionals or experts. Just sort of like yeah. Once it so. was made, the like the way that, and this is why I think I we love social media, is that along with all of the trolling, there's this other ninety percent that's um, when groups of people, no matter how far away that they are unify over one thing and the kinds of messages that we were getting and the kinds of mm-hmm. like emails and the like boards where people are talking about the ways that they had used it and it was like changing their lives like that really has nothing to do with us anymore yeah. that's just like you gave birth that's to just it an enormous blessing to even have any connection to that whatsoever mm. and um yeah, I don't know. I'm astounded still every every day. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. So beautiful. I mean, it hearing it I have massive massive goosebumps and it does not surprise me because to see it uh I know some people take issue with this word. I'm going to I'm going to just put it out there and feel free to correct my languaging, but um so obviously so deeply lovingly channeled. Like obviously something that came from a part of that magical part of us that's both not of here and also very much of here. Um, like right at that intersection and all together it, everything you're saying is so moving and also such a testament to what happens when we say yes in the fool, like what, when we say that incredible, like courageous, ridiculous, yes, you know? Yeah. And it yeah. takes people like Jonathan, mm-hmm. honest. So this is this is why I also think this is sort of a magical trio. Is that mm. I, I've always said it's the dreamer, the nihilist, and the realist. <laughs> <laughs> and so like it takes Jonathan, you know, like kind of hours at a time to convince me. <laughs> More than hours. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a three-year effort of convincing. <laughs> like I, I have like such yeah efficiency of energy, I guess, and um, and and in conservation, and his is like an absolute abundance, like that is is replenished by being used, mm. and so we're two different kinds of batteries. And so being around each other is like so beautifully tempering for both of us. What are the Jason, Jason and tempers? Then, yes. Yeah. And then Jason is this, the like, translator. He's the translator. <laughs> 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 so I think that even the outlook on spirituality or just the way that we live our lives and then the way that we've had conversations when we were uh, all talking about the definition in the book and would get in arguments over one I, word. You know? um, I was and, just going to ask you about that. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to cut yeah, in, no. but I was just going to ask what was, because yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask <laughs> what your process was coming from those kinds of different angles, what it was to birth this guidebook and whether or not there were moments when one of you, felt very strongly about taking something in a certain direction or, you know, but obviously it all worked out for the best, but I was going to ask if all of you, um, had equal creative input on that book. Yeah, it was. So I had done most of the research for the tarot, like the images and the words, et cetera, just to sort of like get us a, 
a ground to start from. So looking mm. way back at the Italian decks and decks throughout history and seeing what in terms of words and in terms of visuals was kind of unmessable with. And then what were the areas that we could play with? Mm. And so once we had that established, there was this huge like matrix that sort of had all these things that you know you could and couldn't do. And then when we had the freedom to do it, I would go into the sort of the essence of each card and write the meaning and write down the keywords and things that I thought were sort of modern and contemporary, but capturing those things that were unmessable with within the tradition. Mm-hmm. And then once I had that written, I would go to Jonathan and Andy and be like, here's what I here's what I would love to write or here's my draft. And each one of those, we would like, there were some that they're like, this is dead on, go with it, amazing. And there were, but there were a number of them where we were like, I think there's a better word for that, or I think there's a different, mm. you know, phrase, better keyword for that or whatever, or that doesn't match the visual that I've painted as, cl- as clearly as I want it to. Yeah. And so we would really get into how can we, how can we make the most impact with this? And I'm a very stubborn person. Like if I write something, <laughs> I'm like, I wrote it for a reason. I already thought for like 10 hours about those two keywords and that's yeah. how, you know, but I think each one of us in our process, because the same thing mirrored for the painting and for the design, like we would come in and say, we would all have sort of input on each other's work. And we were able to... We weren't a committee though. No, we were never a committee. We trust each other. If I wanted to keep it, I could have kept it. But but we were all like... You honored one another. Did it, yeah, Yeah. for sure. So Jason had written most of, I guess, yeah, there was still like, it was going back and forth. And I think another thing that gets lost in translation is not that all three of us moved to Mexico, only Jonathan and Jason moved to Mexico. And I was still, and that was actually important because I was like the address for everything for all of our American footprint, footprint, which is like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, when when they had gotten back and we were doing the final edit on the book and we all went to a cabin to Jonathan's parents' cabin and we sat there and yeah there was there was yelling there was like <laughs> you know like it it most of the time it's great and then it would just be like one thing then the hermit yeah. card we yeah. were like I was upset he wanted like something about a boldness or no not bold I don't know whatever it was whatever the word was it triggered me deeply about deeply. That's not, that's not the hermit. The hermit isn't confident, or so, I don't even remember what. It, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it was boldly. Yeah, he, he boldly, boldly go into the. And 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 we got into this. Yeah, this drag. He took out umbrage. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh but wow. It, but at the root of all of it was this deep that we this wanted deep love of, of course as authentically uh, yeah. itself as it could be yeah mm-hmm. not that any of us wanted to make our opinions heard so much yeah well one one thing that got glossed over too is the way that the paintings the writing informed the paintings and then the yes. paintings informed the writing in the mm. final edits and then yeah. the final design informed the final edits of and the, all of the art in uh, the writing informed the design because i was like there's a probably six months where the paintings were getting done and I was like I just haven't seen enough to know like the logo was one of the first things that got done Mm. probably at the same time that only only five or six paintings had been done some of which she was like "Uh, I don't know what tarot deck you're making but it's not this one yeah (laughs) wow holy (laughs) shit Uh, wow but it was that Andy's point is is great because there was this careful and thoughtful attention to 
it wasn't just like, oh, I'm bringing my writing skills, you're bringing your painting skills, and you're bringing your design skills. It was how do these play together? And if something didn't match, someone would bend and be like, okay, the writing has to change because it doesn't, it's not married to the visual and the visual right. has to be married mm. to the design and the design, all three went back and forth mm. until we felt like they spoke and sang to each other in a way that was harmonious. And that was, that again is that, that piece of having the fountain speak for itself as opposed to us mm. having to, you know, dig our heels in. Or One of my favorite things that you guys did, which I don't think a lot of people know about, which besides taking the meat, the matrix of meanings and stuff and, and all of this research, but then Jason would distill it down into, um, the symbols that were typically used. And then like things that you cannot, cannot use. So you basically talk in a different language, a visual language to Jonathan that Jonathan could make a painting. Oh, wow. The most important part and of that this, was the was percentage. This, yes, yeah. and then there was this oh, book, yeah. this journal, that went from lightest to darkest. It was It was sort of, we said wow. if 100%, 100% is... Pure joy. Pure joy. Zero is pure terror and horror. When when Like where on that scale do all of these cards Yeah, you no, know, wow. if somebody just saw a card and they couldn't get any information, where like, what percentage would they land at? Yeah. Who'd never seen tarot before? To understand. Like, your grandma comes up and just looks at this card that they would get very clearly the vibe that 80%, the 40%, without knowing anything else about it, that mm. just their emotional reaction would be X. And that was Jonathan's idea completely. And it's, that's one of those like magical, I never would have thought of that rating system. And it's, yeah. it's a beautiful. Beautiful. Well, when you're when you're looking at 79 to-do lists, you have to figure out a way to mm -hmm give it some structure to make it all make sense or yeah. else it's yeah. just <laughs> totally yeah. oh my god incredible so wait i'm gonna i'm gonna take it right to the right to the bone here um where <laughs> did the fountain how did the fountain name itself That's I, all Jonathan. well no it's jason but oh. not we were in the the we were in the airport in mexico like two days after the tarot bed spread uh, mm -hmm. epiphany moment mm -hmm. uh, and we're sitting there and sort of both journaling and talking and we were talking about source and and the feeling of what it is to be connected to everythingness and jason's background in buddhism is something that is sort of ever present in kind of the, the spiritual yeah. backbone maybe it, it it's not the only backbone there's like yeah. a million backbones right. braided but um so we were talking about cycles and then it was like, oh, the oneness tarot. And they were like, oh, let's get egotistical and call it like the size tarot or like <laughs> what, you know what I mean? We didn't know where we were. And then we were talking about foreign languages and it just, and, and what sounds good in multiple languages. And it just sort of it showed up in the journal page as a maybe. And then it became the working title. And, and the idea, the, the idea of a fountain sort yeah. of like when you get a fountain, you don't, you can't necessarily see its source. I mean, if you took it apart, you'd see the motor and all this stuff, but there's this illusion of it sourcing itself. Yeah. And so it's, it's, there's no beginning, there's no ending. It's, it's, it's constantly sort of putting things out, the yeah. toroidal flow, like all toroidal. these things. And we wanted something that sort of escaped this idea of cycles and was just literally constantly sourcing, constantly going back into itself and never ending. Yeah. And that's beautiful, everything, nothingness just medicine 
to my ears. <laughs> you guys talking about this is did you always know uh, that you were going to have a deck of 79 and because the the tap I'll just wax a bit if you'll let me. Um, the fountain card is uh, now again this is just from someone who's an, an observer only because you will you know recenter me if you, your intention was different. Um, the fountain card um, that you guys or that you all <clears throat> included in this deck is such a stroke of genius one because of its invitation, what you've written about it, it's really powerful. But two, the thing that I most like kind of um, just love, it tickles me. Like I love it and it gives me a charge when I see it, when I saw it, is how it acts as the bridge to move the world back into the fool, you know? Mm. Like how yes, it keeps, exactly. yeah, wow. how it keeps things going. And there yeah. isn't, and there isn't that. And the, uh, like I said, this is a bit of a wax, but I, I think what you've picked up on is something that's been missing because yeah. it's missing in our overculture the understanding of, well, we're continually in a life-death-life cycle, but what's the bridge that moves us from one spiral to the next? What's that invisible cord? And you've really captured this essence, mm -hmm. I feel, in this fountain card, and I fucking love it and wanted to know, <laughs> I wanted to know um, where it, it, like it, it feels like to me when I see it there in your deck, I'm like, oh, of course, it's always been there. They just heard it. They saw it. They brought it to life, but you still physically brought it to life. So I'm just curious whether really casual or very epic, like what was the incentive to birthing that 79th card? All three of us are so uh, like eager to answer this question. So I think we'll all, <laughs> I'll say something. Wait, hold on. Somebody knocked at our door. door. No worries. Oh, yes, wonderful. Um, tech, well, it was obvious when we, when we first started the project, we went to Barnes and Noble and we bought like 10 tarot decks and we, we forced ourselves to buy decks that we didn't even like to see why we didn't like them. Love that. And there was that sort of, uh, conversation about the happy squirrel card or whatever, where there would be sort of a 79th card that had nothing to do with anything. anything. And it was a little bit of, yeah, branding joke. And then we, the three of us were are also talking about technology and sort of this the awareness and the sort of collective consciousness, um, a hive mind. And so there was, and then, and then even at Jason's matrix, it was obvious that there was something missing and it was the awareness of awareness itself so finding finding mm. this personification of an undefinable idea was which is it was it i we never made the decision to put well, the card well, in it just sort yeah of, we we were it, it was always it kind of was always there and uh i was gonna mention that it was we were so worried that it would get it would become the happy squirrel card or that it would get <laughs> our deck would get like rejected from the like terror community at large for us to be so brazen as to change the, the major arcana. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, which is, I think, a reason that we just we didn't give it a number. We just gave it the infinity. Yeah. Um, is because then it doesn't change anything numerologically. Um, but that we wanted it to fit so in there that it felt like that it had it was a bridge. Because I do think that that's the case. The overculture at the time when Tara was first conceived. Absolutely. Totally different. There was not, like, there wasn't this ability, like, we, just us having this conversation over the computer right now without us being in the same place is, in a way, even though we know how it works, is a sort of magic um, that didn't exist then. It would be the same as having uh, an instrument that read the stars, but then because of the position of the earth, like that instrument doesn't really work that well anymore unless you make adjustments to it. Absolutely. And so we're just, I guess we're just tuning that instrument by just saying, look, here's this thing that describes, <sighs> yeah, gosh, yeah, yeah. The, the everything, the nothing. I mean, there was a even a working tagline at the beginning, which was only nothing is. I know that's kind yeah. of weird. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and... Uh, our our love of play on words but still like how do you encapsulate a feeling into one card where yeah yeah I, I i call it our kind of like it's our trump and it's like the best card that you can get so it could end a reading and it could start one yeah um totally it's very very important and i i love that we get to take credit for it but i i do another get another time to say I don't know how it happened. I don't remember. And I th- <laughs> for me, it was something that the cycle, like the cycle piece started to, it, it, it graded on me a little bit. And I feel like the world card maybe back in the day was trying to capture this, this idea of, you know, it, it, the world card is supposed to sort of bring you back to the fool. Like you're starting fresh, things die and they're fresh. And yet there was still this idea of like, but we can observe those cycles. Like we can get mm-hmm. outside of the cycle. I think sometimes, and this is maybe my psychology background speaking, like our pain and our suffering comes from sort of like seeing life as these cycles where we're constantly having, we're caught in one, as opposed to being able to observe the cycles as cycles. And that takes sort of like being this observer and being outside the system. And so for me, that fountain card was that, yeah, there was this sense of something missing and there was this sense of like, but what about being able to be outside of it and in it? So like a foot in both worlds. We, yeah. We're all sort of simultaneously human and we're all simultaneously divine. And to be human is to really be caught in the muck and to like, and to go through these cycles, but to also pay attention to our divinity is to step outside of that and to be able to see see it happening. And so it was... Mm sort of this nod to to that notion that we're we're always in both i i'm obsessed i mean it's the best thing ever so i love hearing about the process for each of you how all that came to be um and speaking of the process of how things came to be i'm curious about something um so jonathan i'm gonna start by asking you this question, but I know that all three of you will answer it. Um, There's a really beautiful through line that I love in this deck, um, that everything kind of comes from this cord of light in the middle. And it's not every card, but it's a lot of cards where there's a vertical line around the middle 
um, that people engage with in all different kinds of ways. And I was curious, A, was that on purpose? B, if it was, what did that represent to you? And C, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) what, uh, if at all, was the collaborative response from that? Like, was that just purely like, oh, it all starts from this point. Um, and again, that's not, it's not every card, but it's a lot of the cards and I love it. And I've been curious for a long time. Um, it does something to me visually to see it. And I was just curious, uh, because it's completely all your own in this deck. Like no one's ever done that visually before, um, visualize the cards as coming from or engaging with, um, like in a really weird way that sort of is very different. It reminds me of the, um, like the object in 2001, a space odyssey, like everything. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it reminds me of, yeah. And yeah. So I'll stop. I'll stop talking because you get it. But um, yeah, I love that. I have a couple different questions about the visuals, but I love that. Um, It's in your aces. It's in a lot of your majors. Like what was that, if anything? I love that um, visual part of the tapestry. That is a crazy good question that no one's asked before. And I don't even think that I thought of it yet. Uh, (laughs) But a few answers came to mind. Um, Mm -hmm. When we were in Todos Santos, Mexico, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the the reason why we went somewhere like that was it was empty space. It was stars and beach mm-hmm. and ocean. And it was one of those scary uh, beaches where it's like 10 miles long and empty and the water is super dangerous. So really all you do is sit at the edge of it and kind of look at space. Mm-hmm. And there were there were times during the creation of the deck where it would get intense. One time I threw my smoothie against the wall when Jason and I were fighting about. Uh, So like to, he was like, if you ever do that again, I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to be together. And I was like, I threw it at the wall, not at you. Um, So, but you would go to the ocean and sort of recenter. And there were times when uh, at night, when we would watch a moon set, and the moon set, when the moon reached the horizon, it would create this black triangle oh. of darkness. And it was very, so there was, we were living in this very simple mm. linear world down there. And when Andy and I, and Andy's artistic work often uses sort of uh, underlyings of sacred, sacred geometry. And yeah. um, so we, we had all these conversations about bringing everything down to a core a core simplicity, dis- a distilling. And when the fountain card got birthed somewhere in the middle of it, and it really was that sort of all-encompassing universal flash of um, light and being and darkness, mm. I think what happened is those just, they just all bled together and it, it created this grounding within the deck, but it wasn't intentional. It just sort of was a byproduct of the place that it was made and the, mm. the way that I painted all the paintings, they were all on a board together on the wall and I did them all at the same time. So they all grew um, at the same time, which is important to me too, because it wasn't starting with the major arcana and then building to the small ones. It was mm. as much importance put on the seven of cups as the empress. Absolutely. 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I hope I answered that. You did of. beautifully. I, I love it. It's super cool. I, I also have, uh, well, actually, Jason and Andy, do you want to add anything to that? Just, yeah, I totally yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right at the beginning, uh, I'm trying to remember, I feel like it was the Queen of Wands mm-hmm. and the Hangman and the Devil, maybe. Um, there was just a few of them that were like, maybe the Emperor was in its process, too. Um, but the hangman is like one of the only ones that has this like super ang- angular line mm-hmm. that interacts with the, with the interacts with the character, like is actually the thing that he's hanging from, mm-hmm. um, which I think there's less of that as it goes on. I mean, yeah. there's, uh, the emperor is holding up the cube and the hermit does it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like in the swords, there's a lot of like stuff that's. She, um, the yeah. star, the star kind of dances on it, doesn't yeah, she? Star does have it. Yeah, yeah. It's not this, those are like they're finer, wispier, sure. like yeah, light. Whereas the hangman is like a is like a strong, thick line. And when we right at the beginning, when I was still, uh, we're trying to decide what kind of typography to use on the cards and how to put the names on. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we noticed is that in a lot of decks, the artwork will go all the way to the edge of the card doesn't make the artwork feel as precious. And so I don't know if you noticed too, there's also this little, this like three point um, thick line that changes the color of the painting around the whole, mm-hmm. the whole piece of artwork. Like the edge is, of a prism. Oh, the edge of a prism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. As if it's like sort of jumping off. Damn. So when we were doing the design, or, or I was doing the design right at the beginning and he was sitting in these paintings, I said, this is going to be really difficult for me to put this card all the way to the edge if you're going to put these like very straight lines because the straight lines aren't inevitably aren't going to be super straight so we're going to have to manipulate them to make them look right you know Mm -hmm. and and there might not be any place to put any of that type on top of the image so this is how this is going to be so there was a little bit of conversation to begin with like if it's going to be really really angular and it goes right up to the edge. Like instead of making the frame in the card, let's make the frame afterwards with with digital, um, and use those lines to be part of the scene rather than make the scene edge. I love um, that. So it works great for the hangman. I'm glad that it sort of moved away from that. But that was definitely because of one of those like, this won't work later, conversations. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. I love that. It's so cool. Um, okay, I'm a li- I'm like a little embarrassed to ask this next one, but I have to because I have you here. You're allowed um, to ask everyone. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. I am. I'll just take a knee. I'm going to be fearless. Um, is your Emperor Drake and is your chariot Lin-Manuel Miranda? Because <laughs> I'm not, I am not the only one who has asked this question. No, the emperor is from a photo shoot of this ex-marine that I met at an art studio. Cool, cool. Uh, and Looks exactly like Drake, but continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't even, you didn't even notice that, did you? No, no. Yeah, I, it no, was the first like Instagram it. comment that was that they like had <laughs> copy and they were like, it's him, it's him. Uh, and then the chariot, uh, there are three cards temperance the high priestess and the chariot and they're based off of uh photographs of me jason and andy so the chariot is actually 
a younger photograph of myself. Oh, lovely. I love that. I like had to ask it. I've had so many people to my face. Do they think this? A lot of people. A lot of people feel that way. Who do they think it it looks like? Lin-Manuel Miranda. He wrote uh, Hamilton. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Check it out. Yeah, check it out. It really is similar, and it tracks oh, also. Because Jonathan and oh, him totally. look like brothers. Yeah, 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 you do look like brothers. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's so funny. I And I thought, it's just cheeky enough, I wonder. And I I have to, while I have you, like I said, it was a fear. It took fearlessness to ask you that, <laughs> well, but I wanted to. It came out before Hamilton, yeah, didn't but it? Here's, here's why it's a good question, too, though, is we used real models for a lot of the cards because mm. we wanted people to feel a familiarity with uh, the figures. And, you know, we had this conversation about knights on horseback and yeah. kings and queens on thrones and just feeling that maybe that was not a true mirror of who we really are Absolutely. today. So I love that there's sort of a, a pop reference happening in there, even though there's... Yeah, like, to- totally unintentional. Yeah, there's and, you, and they were from all over the world. Like, we also wanted it to be... I mean, we had friends in India and South America mm. and it a was... number of European friends. And so trying to, like, pick people that we knew and could relate to, but they were also from anywhere on the planet. It's also, like, it's about copyright, too, and, like, source imagery. And, like, you just can't just pull off a bunch of stuff off the internet and repaint that or of trace course. it. You know? So everything in there we created, so we didn't have to worry about that later on. Yeah, there's also beautiful. a certain amount of honoring people that we really like believe and uh, embody the tenets of those cards. And Borrowing a little bit of their energy, their imagine, energy, yeah. yeah, to like <laughs> to put them in there forever. It's kind of cool. We we talked long and hard about the gender of the deck and the ethnicity within the deck, and we wanted it to feel like a random subway station and we get and maybe we didn't succeed as much as we we get different replies some people are like it's very all-inclusive and other people are like you guys made another white deck and we're like we didn't we didn't or it's all men and we're like you we we send them kind of a a sheet of all of the counted figures yeah we're like we tried to do this yeah (laughs) we really tried yeah yeah so it's just like i love that the lovers is you kind of can't tell. There's like maybe yeah. a little bit, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm, I love and it. Deck or gay? That makes them diverse. Yeah. We'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the rainbow deck. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the most lovely parts about this deck is the um, like the extraordinary humanity that's captured in the faces if you can see them. And I know that sometimes it's a choice to not have the faces be the focal point, and sometimes it is. Um, I assume so, because it seems like everything has been so carefully, um, you know, midwifed into being. Um, And I love the specificity of it. Mm -hmm. I I don't – was it the guy who did – I don't remember exactly what review it was, but it was not that long after we had – published and come out with it and somebody wrote a review that was it was like they were reading our mind it was 
it was the first time where I was like, oh my God, it, we really did do. About the models or about No, that? about about everything. About mm. they, they, were, they were reading our mind on all this. This is why they did the fountain card probably. Right. This is why it looks like this. This is why these models, this is why this. You can feel that they made this decision here. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, are, like it, they, did they bug our house? Yeah. Really like, it's amazing <laughs> that like everything that we intended to come through totally translated to somebody we had never spoken to. Mm. Um, I don't think that they had gone and read anything else about it. We didn't it. put any of that in It was so early in the process, and it was just literally by them picking it up and looking at it and being somebody that was detail-oriented and willing to comment on that. But it was like, wow. Mm. I'm so the, glad. The three of us, even when it was totally done and we had self-published, sent it to the printer, I think we were all still like, it, is this good? Like, <laughs> Anyone love this? Will anyone get it? Will anyone? And we're like, even if no one gets it, we're glad we made it. We love yeah. it for ourselves. Yeah. But it was there was still this sense of like, I have no idea <laughs> how this Aww. will go. Well, yeah, Jonathan does. Jonathan the Jonathan does. Does. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And um, I just have a couple more questions. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Really Great. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, I want to. Uh, just really quickly touch on, I have a couple, yeah, like I, I mentioned, a couple different questions. Um, I want to touch on the design because um, it's so strong, so clear, um, gorgeous. And you had mentioned earlier, well, one of you, I can't remember, maybe Andy mentioned that the silver came way later. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, one of the most beautiful, striking, fountain-esque parts of your deck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was just curious about the design process in terms of the uh, visual of it, the, hologra the, the holographic nature of it, which just, yeah. you know, really reflects its in, in yeah. insides. Yeah, just wanted to know a little bit more about how that and definitely how the silver came to be? Um, okay. So uh, a lot of, a lot of how we were going to be able to produce it had to do with, um, the Kickstarter. Like mm. I've never, I've done some product design, but with like help with, fr from other people where they already had their budget and they already knew what it was going to look like. And, but I, I was at the sort of beginning stages of figuring out how to do this. And, uh, I didn't know how much we could afford. Like I didn't, and the one of the things that Jonathan would say is, um, out of business because it's out of print. Like there's all these amazing tarot tarot decks that got self published, but you can't get them anymore because yeah. they only made so many, and then they didn't plan for it to grow. And because he had this like yeah un unsquashable. Uh, brilliance and and uh, like knowing that it was going to be successful he was like we have to make sure we don't go out of print we need tens of thousands of decks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's order a million yeah, yeah. millions uh so then i i was like okay i know that in my life what's really important in all my artwork is this way too is that it's like almost indestructible <laughs> mm. um and so i knew that the box was going to be really important yeah, um, like tuck top boxes and the way that people normally put their their decks into bags or something that's more personal to them. I was like, I don't want this box to just be go to the recycling, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that was that was one of the main feelings was like, I need to make something that's beautiful enough and strong enough that people are going to want to keep their, their tarot deck in here. I love um, that. You succeeded. Then, yes. <laughs> and then looking at all of the cards, and they do have their uh, re- respective like houses or suits, you know, you, you look at the colors and how it goes from the ace all the way through. Um, but there's so many colors in the deck. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so the way that the backs of the cards happened was I went on a kind of an impromptu trip with a friend of mine where we backpacked across Mexico and you see a lot of church churches, you see a lot of cathedrals, but this one is Dominican, um, and it was completely gilded with gold on the inside of it. And it was the, I think, I mean, yeah, I've seen thousands of churches at this point, but it's the only church that when I walked into it, I like immediately cried at oh. how incredibly, it was, it was a, such a feat of human creation mm. for the praising of, of a, of a feeling of an idea to like be in this space. And it was just everything about it was perfect. Mm. And so I went back like three different times just to hang out in that church, cried every time. Totally understand that. Uh, Yeah. And so the backs of the cards are inspired to the, the ceiling of that church. Mm, That's lovely. So So, beautiful. um, Also one, another kind of unknown fact is that it's a collage in on the backs of the lover's card and the fountain inverted. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so it's just like little little pieces of it. Because if I made something that was totally digital, I felt like it wouldn't have gone along with the painterly quality of Jonathan's, mm. all the paintings, you know? Yeah. So it's actually made up of paintings, but it's done in the style of, of my artwork and on the... Um, the lines of that church ceiling. So can you say something about the holofoil? Yeah. So then the holofoil, well, I was going to get to it. The holofoil was like, I don't want this whole thing to be black and white, but I want it to be black and white. Oh yeah. I want it to be black and white because Mm -hmm. I want all of these paintings to just sing so hard because that's where the artwork really lies, you know? Sometimes being a good designer is to be like, okay, the most important thing about this is the artwork. Um, mm. I want people to see the artwork. Uh, and so I managed the box is also the fountain card wrapped all the way around, mm-hmm. um, reversed or just weighted out. And then Jonathan does this also magnificent thing where he just puts little bits of rainbow on his, on the side of his hand of paint. And then he would take the painting and he would cover his eyes and he'd look away and he would just rub his hand across the painting um to add the rainbow so like yeah two of swords three of swords even on the fountain yeah on the fountain they're um these perfect wispy wispy rainbows that's Um, incredible the process that he does them where after he spent yeah hours and hours and hours making this realistic beautiful oil painting that he would just <laughs> cover his eyes and smear it with yeah. his hand. <laughs> so ancient. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In the six of swords in the, in the water. Mm. Um, but that here we are again, it's the spectrum. I, I do a lot of, um, 
like mathematical process art. Um, the rainbow is all of the, it's all, it's light cut up into parts, you know? Yeah. That's how we're able to see it's, uh, it's a frequency that you see in like Fibonacci sequences and Mm -hmm. it's super dreamlike. Um, so I also thank my printer for kind of the person that, uh, was responsible for, uh, getting us all of the proof decks and all of this stuff and managing that whole project. Um, he was like, uh, I'm also a big gamer. And so he was showing me all these indie games and all, a lot of video games and stuff. They all have this, this foil, not necessarily the rainbow foil, but like a gold foil. Mm-hmm. And then they print over top of it. And I wasn't familiar with that process before. And we were worried that maybe the rainbow foil would be gaudy yeah, or like, yeah, stupid. Oh, it's yeah. so elegant. Might've been matte, like have a matte laminate on it, but then... Uh, mm. and I actually have the only box like that in existence, <laughs> which I, I do like it, but it's not the same, um, yeah, vibration. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's transmission, but it's this, the same thing. Like it came from somewhere. I, I obviously made the decision at some point, but <laughs> it just was, it's almost like it was meant to be. I yeah. didn't have any, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> We had so many conversations, yes. so many meetings, so many brainstorms, so many beers, so many pizzas, yeah. and eventually <laughs> it just gelled into what yeah. it was. My favorite emails are definitely the ones where people just take pictures because their deck is sitting at their window next to their like collection yeah. of crystals, oh. and their like cat is hanging out, and there's like rainbows all over the room uh, because of it. That's gorgeous. One of the great things about Andy as a designer, she's... She's that one you pray for where you can just sort of like barf up all this stuff. You're like, I want this emotion and I want, I saw this video with this thing in it and this blah, blah, blah. And you just sort of keep like throwing up all this somewhat unintelligible information. And she comes back, you know, the next day or, or later that week with this thing. Or six months later. And, <laughs> or six months it, later. This one did take a long time. And it's that thing that you didn't even know you wanted, but you were try attempting to explain. Yeah. I think both Jonathan and I were would say different things too. And she was looking at all the paintings, all the writings, and then just kept coming back with things that we were like, oh my God, how did that get created? Well, the, the other part of it was like, after we did kickstart it, then there was that much amount of time, like just getting estimates and sourcing stuff and seeing what was possible and then actually doing the design. And both Jonathan and Jason and our Kickstarter supporters were like, what the hell? Why is this taking so long? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to have had you guys go to Mexico and do and had done this amount of work and not package it in a way that's, yeah, you know. In highest and best. Yeah. If that took a year and a half for us to do, then this can take six months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so, yeah, it's just all of this is so beautiful to hear about the process of, uh, once again, collaborative communication, collaborative um, channeling, collaborative. It's just beautiful. And Jonathan, very specifically to you, and then I'll kick you guys um, just two more questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, the only thing that I haven't really heard and I, and if I have, I'd like to hear more is the process by which you painted these, like, because it seems like, um, the you right, ask such questions. what you ask such good questions. Like oh, people don't... 
thank you. I'm genuinely <laughs> interested. Um, because I feel like I've heard now, Andy, you your process of sort of weaving the design in the process. I think Jason, you explained so beautifully what it was to write the book and pause for certain paintings, but it seems like there was a beautiful, um, yeah, I don't know. I would just like, you know, briefly longhand, whatever feels good. Like, where did you even fucking start? Like, were you like, (laughs) okay, I'll start at the fool. Or did you go like, I, I, I have to know (laughs) like how on earth you did that. (laughs) Yeah. How did you do that? How How on earth did you do that? So they were all eight inches by 12 inches on okay. wood. board. So went down to Mexico with this stack, like two and a half feet tall mm-hmm. that weighed like 150 pounds of <laughs> boards that I had primed all these random colors, neon green and hot pink and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I set up this wall and that smoothie fight I mentioned earlier <laughs> was actually a part of the process where I wouldn't, I didn't want myself to pick favorites. So I held up, uh, I don't, Jason, do you remember this? Yeah. Cause I held up two pieces that I needed to work on. One of them was the six of six of cups. And the other one was like the Knight of coins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I need to finish one of these paintings. Which one should I work on today? I don't want to make the decision. I just want to do it. And he, he so irritatingly like picked the moon or something that I didn't even offer. That wasn't even on the table. <laughs> It made me me so uncomfortable because it was, that's exactly what I was trying to avoid. So the process was Mm. try not to think too much. Uh, I had the journal where we would sit down and talk about the paintings and I would instantly sketch something out when he was describing the card to me. In fact, he, he remembers um, maybe some of the better ones where right when he was describing it to me with his writing, I would stop him and just go run off. And, and paint it and it sort of would come to be in a day or two wow. so some of them I saw very clearly others I had to struggle with mm. immensely but um it it was the most overwhelming uh it was very overwhelming to to make so much imagery and I, I have this thing where I make the facial expression of the subject that I'm painting and because like if somebody's laughing or smiling, I can feel it better if I'm of like course, sitting there with a embodying smile. it. But there were times with like the the five of wands and the devil and the moon and all these ones where it was really dark and mm-hmm. gross and heavy and angsty. And um, and I when Andy came down to Mexico for two weeks, yeah. when we were sort of in the middle of the project, we set up all of the files. We took all of the photographs but she made the kickstarter video yeah but she but uh we put up all the paintings and i had maybe six or seven paintings that were not done and it was really helpful too for her to be like do you know that painting that you think is not done it's totally done like don't touch Mm. it uh because it got so overwhelming after a while that i couldn't see what was really going on so to answer your question i have no idea how i did it um (laughs) It was so much work. It was a lot of fun. It was horrible. It, yeah. They all bloomed together. And so to also answer your question, I didn't start on the fool. I started randomly because it was important that. that they all had equal, equal power. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's awesome. And like five of wands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the five of wands. Next time you see the five of wands, uh-huh. 
that was sitting in my studio and I was just waiting to paint in the figures and I was really Aww. resenting the whole process at that point. You know how you get in the middle of a project where of course. it just feels, feels too big. Mm-hmm. And that's one where Andy was like, stop painting. That actually captures the angst of the card. Oh. Uh, that was super helpful. Wonderful. So, so once too. again, just a beautiful... Um, that's amazing, Jonathan. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. yeah, I I want to ask, are you comfortable with one more question and then like a, a like just a little small thing afterward? Is that cool? Sweet. Um, I just uh, wanted to tune in with you, not because of anything. I'm, I'm curious and because I feel like it must be a large part of this process. What has it been like to go through the process of selling your deck and mm-hmm. collaborating with um, m- moving from having created this thing? Was that always something that you hoped for? Um, was that something that you w- were it, um, had to really work through? Like, how has it been to trust uh, a publishing company with this thing that you've created? We all have different experiences uh Mm. i've always thought from the beginning that it would be loved and shared and it would eventually get picked up and it's going to be turned into a movie and like a virtual reality spaceship Mm -hmm. and for me (laughs) it's very easy to just sort of align with the idea that it's it's flowing the way it should be in the more positive energy that i put in more optimism the more it spreads and then uh jason is the one really who made it made this happen jason sort of tell tell that story well the publisher the it's um roost publishing it had approached us they were looking to get into um having to having a tarot deck as one of the offerings that they had and a friend of ours a dear friend of ours um knew knew someone in roost and so they had said you know i know exactly what deck you're looking for and so we had gone out to lunch and all of us had hit it off and and that sort of started the conversation around well let's let's see what this looks like and i think for me uh it's as an artist and maybe as a human (laughs) we all like have to get good at being able to release some energy to be able to you know gain more energy to do other things and as artists we're all we were all looking for ways to be able to work on our other creative projects and especially after seeing the tarot and how successful it's been, I think all of us have been inspired and excited by, wow, you can create something, have it go out into the world, contribute to people's lives, and 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 really put your all into it and make it something beautiful, but you wanna keep doing that. And so yeah. for us, it was- These we, guys we, were like packing boxes like yeah, every, every day. We mail out boxes from our living room um, for the past two years, that's anyone who's gotten the, the you know, thousands of decks that have gone out have come from our, you know, handwritten mm. <laughs> like notes in our like living room. Taping. And so that was like, we're like, it would be a dream to be able to have someone else take this on. But it was also, we wanted someone who understood how special it was and how, um, so finding Roost, which is, is a imprint of Shambhala publications, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty huge spiritual pendant yeah. um, publisher. That was sort of the best of all worlds for us. They're distributed by Penguin Random House. They have a huge reach, but each one of their people, I mean, we talked personally 
with our editors, our publicists, our people. I could call them on their cell phone right now and get a hold of them within an hour. It's, so there's this beautiful, I think, I think there's a beautiful thing. Of course, giving it up, we've all sort of had this inner turmoil of like, whoa, like we made this and we want to be able to control every decision like we have been able to for the past couple of years. So that's been a little gut-wrenching at times and a little... But that's that letting go process, I guess I started this with. Like it it's being able to let it go so that we can have other energy for other things and right. so like normal, I'm I'm like in outer space in optimism. <laughs> Jason Jason is sort of in the middle area. <laughs> and Andy, I think, not to speak for her, she can speak for herself, but maybe uh, does struggle with sort of the mm. trusting trusting a bigger entity with your baby is well, hard. Yeah. Well, so we loving all of the publicity and I love all of the things that people write about it, but it's a little bit different when it starts to show up in places like in style or whatever. Word. I hear you. And then, or like yeah. on, on the Amazon listing, like it's just conventional for them to only list two authors. So you just know that the overculture is, mm -hmm. I love that word. I used that earlier that the overculture only can acknowledge like two person team or that an author is just one person. And yeah. that, so like my name gets left off of the end of that on the listing. Unacceptable. Um, mm -hmm. and then also when they, uh, in publishing that there's a writer and there's an illustrator, which I don't think illustrator encapsulates what Jonathan did either. Right. Um, just kind of like these global definitions that have not matured to the rate that independent creatives are already uh, doing it. Having to play in a world so, that doesn't. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels like a bit of a regression for like a much bigger opportunity. Yeah. Um, so those, and, the, and that's, those are just energetics. Like, mm -hmm. where, yeah, of course it's nice to get credit, but also it's just about the understanding that it's possible. Like, I think that creativity yeah. right now is akin to innovation is akin to the health of people <laughs> and that's exactly what roost is doing in their imprint is is trying to inspire creativity in everyday living health and well-being and, health and, well -being. Yeah. and um so it's like so why don't you see that design is like a gigantic part of this like that there isn't absolutely uh, yeah modern a, a more modern uh like just get with the program. This is obviously as important when you uh, do a spread in a magazine. How you show the food that the food was also that the recipes will also turn out. Good. But, yeah. but what's it's been a growing process for both us and Roost yes. because we're we're the first yeah established product that I think they've uh, uh, it wasn't on. built in house yeah. through them. Mm. Uh, so that's been but it's been it's a co education yeah. and I and I'm and I'm on on board and today what is today october 10th it comes out tomorrow i think right tomorrow. officially yeah officially. yeah so officially we're still, yeah we we're still at the very baby I mean, beginning no yeah baby baby beginning and mm. number one uh on amazon already on pre-order I mean, stuff that we could have just never done seen coming and are so happy with yeah. and we probably we, i don't know that we would have <laughs> had this interview maybe we would find her find each other later um, but it's nice to have people on, make our team a little bit bigger. It's just, just little growing pains. Yeah. It's the, this is kind of a duh comment, but it's the, the reach that Roost and Shambhala are able to have and through Penguin Random House, like our dream of being able to have 
if this can make a difference for people, like it needs to be in people's hands and it needs to be accessible in places. In all other languages. The world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in other languages. And mm. then there was just like no way we were going to get to that. And so yeah. this is a way that that allows that yeah. to happen yeah. in a beautiful yeah. way. So. And we'll still control the Instagram and our website. So our, our voice will continue as sort of a creative trio. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we don't have to. And we have some other projects coming up that we're going to be part of. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> <Ooh>, cannot <laughs> wait. I will stay tuned, guys. It's amazing. I mean, this, is, this is going back a little bit in our conversation, but mm. this is probably the first meaningful collaboration that I've ever done. Mm. And it's because it's these two people. It's like having a group of people that you really believe in all contribute equally. Mm. It's just been, it's, it's redefined my understanding of what can be done when you have dedicated people on something who also care about stuff you know it's been life-changing it's been absolutely life-changing what an honor to get to hear about this process with y'all it's thank you for thank you for doing this deck for saying yes and for having this conversation with me and everything in between because thank you for all your compliments and we're so glad (laughs) that it's so important to you and it is it is so important to me thank you for doing it do you to wrap up um do you have a favorite card do each of you have a favorite card and maybe because I find that question sometimes even a bit annoying because it's like I how how on earth but um maybe Maybe if you don't have a favorite card, period, um, what is a card in your deck that you're really loving and resonating with right now in your life? I I can start because I, I always know my favorite card mm-hmm. um, in the deck. And it's, uh, it's the Hanged Man. Nice. And I guess just because... A, the painting is is of a dear friend of mine that I just, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I love this idea of being, ha- just when you're stuck, putting on a different perspective. Being able to look at, getting that there's no right or wrong in the world. There's no right or wrong way that we're supposed Absolutely. to be looking at this. Yeah. Upside down is as correct as right side up. Totally. So being able to kind of remind ourselves that, we, we make the rules. We write we write our own life. We write these different things and just being able to look freshly at it each day. So we each got to pick one painting that we kept and that was the one I kept from the, from Jonathan's painting. So uh, my favorite card is the tower because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I love the tower too, Andy. That's like my one of my favorite cards as well. It's um so the the that's awesome. I the place that I think I spend most of my time in my mind is in a like completely uncertain place. Um and that's because I do believe that most of what we've conceived as reality is like uh is is up for redefi- redefinition constantly and the people that I gravitate towards are ones that enjoy looking at how the structure was made and not just the structure itself, mm. um, that at any moment that, uh, that might be the best possible thing and best meaning like the deepest, uh, human experience that you can have is one that doesn't have a definition at all yet. Mm. Um, it's yeah. sort of the, it's taking the path less taken, but usually that has a lot of 
suffering associated with it, but that doesn't mean that it's not the best learning experience that you could possibly have. Totally. Um, and just like, yeah, constantly challenging yourself to see it differently. Uh, then, uh, but I think, uh, Jonathan mentioned I'm the high priestess in the deck and also, nice. um, I'm a really big fan of the magician. I think I'm making a lot of major changes in my life right now. And so I'm like trying to put on my magician, high priestess, power, <laughs> suit, dynamic magic <laughs> to like make the, 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 yeah, make, make the something, make the something that needs to happen. Um, uh, yeah, mostly to do with making more creative stuff and be, get back to my, like my silliness, my silly powerfulness. Oh, I'm into then, that. <laughs> for me, it's a really hard question, harder than the other two, just because they, I have my, my babies, which I think are really good paintings but I don't really I don't know I don't know how I feel about it but right now um because I love them all too much and I see all their flaws too much I'm too close to them to really see them yeah uh, as images although I see the deck as something totally different but the uh eight of coins is speaking to me lately and it's just sort of this perservation and what no they're making fun of me <laughs> it's just this the what it means to really maybe it's the eight of coins next to the two of coins uh what it means to really manifest physically through intention and energy and effort your your dreams so i have these bigger projects coming up and they just seem overwhelming like the tarot but I'm really excited. I don't sound excited, mm. but I'm really excited. I can uh, feel it. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> more, yeah. I love so, that. But I love the whole thing. Oh, lovely. Well, what's your favorite? Yeah, what's yours? Man, um, in your deck, um, gosh. I have a really soft spot in my heart in your deck for the star, which is traditionally my favorite, my favorite card period. Mm. Um, but I really love just in terms visually where I happen to be at right now. Um, I don't know. Gosh. Maybe we should take on some star energy now, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I'm in judgment right now for reasons that I can't really get into because, like, why on earth would I do that? But um, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. It's just you understand what judgment is. And it's just working through a lot of Plutonian stuff. Um, uh-huh. And I love well, – yeah, I yeah – I definitely, I have always loved your judgment card. Um, I'm not saying that this is what you intended or even whatever, but um, it just always makes me think of the fact that the veil is so thin between our perception of like uh, a world where there are others and there are problems and that something should be or shouldn't be and how thin that is and how if I'm willing to drop into that card, um, 
it really lifts the veil for me and I really see the unity of what's going on, the medicine of it, even though it doesn't feel very good. And um, it's really helped, you know, I'm being, I'm actually being quite serious. It really has helped me in your deck to align myself with that image um, in a way that feels like uh, it loosens something in me. So it's not just to kiss ass. It's really true. <laughs> like, it's I mean, beautiful. But I'm definitely in, I love the star, but I'm definitely in judgment right now. And um, there are some decks like I think about when I'm in the energy and I hold very close to my heart. And that's one of them for sure. I'll never look at it the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel Aww. like you made me scared yeah. uh, differently too. Oh, guys. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wow. go year after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a gift. Be, we're going to be in New York in December. Um, Let's please hang out. Whatever okay. it, we need to do, come back on if you would. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, would be amazing. It would be so much fun to talk about how the process has been since you know, this new cycle in your deck's mm-hmm. life. Oh, it would be a dream. Um, Jonathan, Jason, yep, Andy, thank you so much. So people can find you on Instagram at, you are Fountain. at Fountain Tarot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At Fountain Tarot, um, what is the website for your, where people can find you? www.fountaintarot.com. Wonderful. <laughs> I always get confused if there's a the in front of it, so I wanted to let I you think do it. The Fountain Tarot too, so it links to yeah, Fountain Tarot. Forward, yeah. Oh, because you guys are smart. That's great. Um, yeah, and um, and I'll have a bunch of um really beautiful links in the liner notes of this podcast for where people can purchase the deck where they can uh, go to your website, follow you on Instagram, and I'll put things individually around your own work because I am a fan of all of you individually and feel like people should know what you do both together and apart. So all that nice info will be on there. Thank you so much for being on and happy launch day tomorrow. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And there's a bunch of events in Denver coming up. And then when we're in New York in December, there's actually events at Catland and Cat Beauty and a number of places in New York. So we'll keep we'll keep you posted those things too. Please do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day.